and welcome to the Shenanacast. This is episode number. <laughs> I threw to you. I threw to you. Right as we clapped, I'm I like, we're 15. clapping, and I don't know what episode it is. <laughs> Me, I think it's 15? No, that's is the Warcraft episode. No, we're no on. 16 is the Warcraft 17. episode. 17. We're on 17. Okay. We're on episode 17 of the Shenanacast. Hey, guys. We're good uh, at our gerbs. <laughs> I threw to you, and you lost it. It's your fault. No, like, but it wasn't uh, my fault. I was given those beans. You persuaded me to go to my cow. Four beans that have been no beans that have been no stocking up the giant in the first place. So it's your fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that come from? That's uh, into the woods. Into the woods. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am John, also known as Stock. One of me today is the Baker. Hi, I'm Hugh, and it's also known as really tired right now. And? And the butcher. <laughs> also known as Shadow Chorus. We're missing the candlestick maker. Uh, I, guess, I guess that makes you the candlestick I maker, am the can- I am the candlestick maker. I make candlesticks out of your soul. How flammable are souls? Very. No, no, it, the thing is, the soul isn't supposed to be flammable. Because the soul is the wax. The wax melts, and it doesn't, it doesn't catch on fire. Eh, yeah, that's, that's actually well, a good point. It evaporates. I mean, it could be the wick. Yeah, like... You use the soul as a wick, and then whack the candle. Nice. Have you ever dumped rubbing alcohol into a candle with no wick and lit it on fire and watched the whole thing? No. And I don't want to. Anyways. Actually, that's a lie. I really want to right now. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about some video game news. Things news, happen. news, and video games. Apparently, they they keep they they made video games past the year they, 1999. They did make video games past the year 1999. So they keep one of the out. one of the articles that caught my eye uh, was that uh, the delayed last gen version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five, uh, which released on PlayStation Four and Pro Xbox Hawk One, Pro Skater. Yes, Pro Hawk so released on PlayStation Four and Xbox One to uh, light criticism. No, heavy criticism. Heavy what what's the what's the blizzard equivalent of criticism? Uh when like like no matter how good it is, everyone's going to hate it and like shit on it. Like I'm talking like no, like, no, no, like, like like like, a like an actual a blizzard. Yeah. Blizzard is to a flurry what a uh um I don't know. A shitstorm? What this criticism is to that game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What we're saying um, is the game is bad. Yeah, buggy, buggy, buggy is all hell. Mechanically, very poor. Speaking of games that they've been making since the nineties. Speaking of games that they haven't updated since the nineties, like the Tony Hawk Pro, Pro Skater Five plays the exact same way as older plays and looks. By the way, the exact same as older Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. That and it has no reason to like the game. It looks bad, or looked bad, I should say played bad and it just was like it really super buggy it was it was it was really a game that that suffered from being rushed out too early i feel what we're saying is um tony hawk used to be the top dog in the skating franchise and now skate has just blown them by has there been a new skate game since nine since 2007 skate 3 was the most recent and it's still better than tony hawk 5 it's true um but anyways uh so they finally they finally released the last gen version or are releasing it this week uh that being the version for the ps3 and xbox 360 which they delayed because they didn't want them to be related with the buggy product 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand the reasoning behind delaying. I mean, I mean, I do understand the reason they would delay it was so that they could fix the bugs. But they released the PlayStation Four and Xbox One version with the bugs, but delayed the PS3 and Xbox 360 version because of the bugs. Real quick, as a reminder, how long has the Xbox One and PlayStation Four been out? Oh, it's been a while now. It's been um, two, three years. No, more than that. More than that. I mean, the I Xbox 360 I, was out when I was working at GameStop, the Xbox which was almost five years came ago. came out now. when I was in high school. Uh, Xbox 360 released... Uh, no, no, when, when did the Xbox One come out? Xbox 360 released in 2005. 2005. And the Xbox One, I think, was... It, I, know it was in, I, I know it was in the 2010s, I feel. I'm almost certain. Okay, the Xbox 2001. One was 20, 2013. And the Xbox... Th- November 15th, 2001. No wonder, no, no wonder none of us remembered it really, when no, it no, released. No, no, I remember the Xbox. I was talking about the Xbox One. No, I know. Oh, the Xbox... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The, not, not the first Xbox. The one that's, that's called the saying. Xbox One, says Taco. I'm sorry. The naming conventions are confusing. Uh, the yeah. Xbox One released November 22nd, so, 2013. So it's been out for just over two years now. And they're releasing a game for the previous system, which came out... When I was in high school. 2005. Yep. When I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I just boggled the mind that the original Xbox released in 2001, and now I realize why nobody remembers it. Because it was released... 14 years ago. And no, it was released... Uh, four days after 9-11. Um, sir... November 15th. Yeah. Sorry, a couple months and four days after 9-11. No, that's, that's not not why people... Sorry. But no, but that was, that was still... It was very, very shortly after uh, 9-11, which is probably why I don't remember when it released. <laughs> I remember when it released because we had a Dreamcast and we were like, huh, they're not doing much in Sega anymore. We should get a new system. Let's try this Xbox thing out. Because we were Sega fans. Anyways, that that was a detour we didn't need to take. Um, what we're saying is, they're releasing a game for a console that's been out for now ten f- years. Yeah. Uh, now there 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 are reasons to delay games, and that, that fixing bugs is definitely a thing. But uh, buggy releases are a problem that we've been having for a while. Um, Games have a deadline, and, and and we understand that games have to meet that deadline. But there's we, a certain we, talk, we talked about it last week. With yeah. if you don't have deadlines, you, you don't never, get you games. Never get released. Sometimes you have to cut content. But at the same time, I feel like if you know the game you're going to release is going to be buggy as all hell, or if you haven't had time to do any sort of quality testing or quality assurance in your game, you probably shouldn't release it. Like that is again. That is an instance where yes, I get that the publisher, you know, is like, well, if I if I don't give you guys a hard deadline and stick to it, you'll never release it. But it's like, like this is the this is the opposite problem where they don't yeah. give you enough time. Yeah, and it's and it's like there there has to be a way or there has to be some sort of mindset that says, look, um, we haven't had any QA on this game. We don't know what sort of bugs are going to be at launch. Now, we haven't had a chance to actually run it as a full emulation the, yet you know we should probably not release it tomorrow there is a thing that is common in the video game industry and i bought a couple of video games that have done this where 
it's like, okay, the release date is in two months. For us to meet this release date, we have to start making physical discs and shipping and marketing and doing things with the finish. We have to finish it. Yeah. And you have two months to make a patch to fix all these known issues. Yeah. And to, it, because it's like, it has to be done two months in advance, but that gives you two months to patch everything. Day as one long patch. As, yeah, yeah as, as a day one patch. And there's a lot of games that have day one patches that are very... Um, Neverwinter Nights 2 came with a, like, I believe a 750 megabyte day one patch. Like, yeah. a day one patch is a thing. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's a way to make the most of your development time prior exactly. to release. However... They, Tony Hawk didn't get one. This did not get one. Like, they only recently released, like, the uh, December 6th is when they released the most recent Tony Hawk 5 patch. Tony Hawk 5 released, let's find, let's see the exact date Tony Hawk 5 released. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 released September 29th. Yeah. It's taken them how many months to get a patch out? That's two. Two. Two solid months. Two solid months well, to fix. Actually, almost two and a half. Yeah, to fix a super buggy game. Um, um, which they released the previous gen version for. Now, they could have waited until December to release the game. You still hit the holiday rush. Like, you still would have been out for the holidays you still would have been able, you wouldn't have been able to, you wouldn't have been releasing against any other big games at least not now um, you would have had time to create the discs and you would have had time to fix the problems if they had just said look this game is not ready to release right now we need to f- stop and fix some issues otherwise we're going to get shit all over when the critics when the critics come and they did I, f- I feel like Tony Hawk is a series that is very guilty of one simple thing, and that is, we have a name. People buy the new game strictly because of our name. Um, pe- and people do this for other series. People buy the a lot of sports games do this. People buy the new Madden because it's the new Madden because it's got John Madden's name on it. Got John, John Madden. John Madden. It's got John Madden's name on it. It's like, oh well, they've it. updated the teams. They've updated the players. People buy the new WWE games because it's got. You know, we've enhanced this and this, and they're not drastically different games. Yeah. Well, no, they are. Like, 2015 to 2016 for WWE was radically different. But, like... But it's... Like, the the Madden games specifically have been guilty of literally releasing the same game two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And people do it because they have a name, because they have appeal to non-traditional gamers. And Tony Hawk... Is has has a bit of an edge in that there's not a lot of big name skateboarding games. No, uh-huh. there are two. There, there are two. There's Tony Hawk and Skate. Yeah, and Skate came out a while ago. Yeah, it's been some time. It's still more successful than. It's better, but I mean, they 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 simply look at the formula and think, well, if we just release a game, we'll make money. It doesn't matter if it's good. And unfortunately, they were. I mean, fortunately, I should say they were wrong. Um, it this this in this case, it has shown that you know we game gaming as a society has gotten to the point where we no longer 
Well, I mean, we still are guilty. We still will buy games by name recognition alone, but it's not nearly to the level that we used to. We don't have... Uh, gamers, as a culture, don't have that level of expendable money anymore. Hang on. There, there's, something, there's something that occurred to me a second ago. On, in October, the last-gen release for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 was put on indefinite hold. And then this month, they're like, nope, dropping it. Yeah. Just have it. Go. Well, it's... they used indefinite hold because they didn't know how long it would take for them to fix the issues. Yeah. They, they wanted to get it out for the holidays. That's, that's... They can't release it any later and have it be out for the holidays. That's still some, that's still some whiplash. Oh, yeah. Like, indefinite hold. Indefinite hold's up. I mean, and it, not just indefinite hold here. Here's when it's going to be released. It's indefinite hold by here. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Immediate. It's like, and we're putting it on an indefinite hold. The next thing you hear is dropping this week. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean. That is some whiplash. It is, and it's one of, it's one of the indefinite hold does not mean a long time. It just means we don't know when it's going to. Yeah. Yeah, but you would think, like, indefinite hold, okay, we figured out when we're going to release it. It's going to be this period in the future. I, th- I honestly feel like their quote-unquote indefinite hold was, we're going to wait um, to see how this one goes, and we're just going to try to release it when people forget about how bad the last one was. But they haven't. Like... No. Uh, some issues have been fixed, but it's it's very difficult to imagine anybody's going to go back out and buy this this version of the game just because, oh no, they're releasing it for the PS3 and Xbox 360 now. Like, we've gotten to the point where enough people have moved on to the new-gen consoles now that it's not really an incentive. You you can buy an Xbox 360 for 70 bucks. Yeah, I mean... that, that I That's how far we've gotten. Yeah. It's no longer... It's under $100. It's not a big deal anymore yeah uh so that 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 was a you know not not a really big deal but something i felt like worth noting was that uh when you rush a game out there's a difference between bethesda's level of bugs which is you know nothing game breaking sometimes there's some graphical glitches sometimes somebody flips out it's kind of endearing at times sometimes the game accidentally end up in the middle of a mountain range and you have to load from your last save because you can't move anymore but like it, nothing, nothing like explicitly ruins the game, and like sometimes it's endearing. To this game is absolute trash. They didn't actually test any of it. Yeah. Something else has happened. Uh, so this week, uh, the <coughs> uh, uh, research firm Trendforce estimated that in 2020, the size of the VR market will be 70 billion dollars. In comparison, the current this year entire worldwide gaming industry side market like console, PC, mobile, social games, esports, VR, VR, digital, everything is at about seventy four point two billion dollars. So, in the next five years, it is estimated that the VR industry will be as big as the gaming industry is now. Which means the that, gaming industry is going to be even bigger. I, I say that that is a very bold claim, and I want to know well, how, so there's, how they can really back up a claim like that. There's two things that have to happen for this to be true. Number one, someone has to actually release a VR. Number one, someone has to actually release VR at a reasonable price. And in such a method, and it, with such a method that it's easily usable in a common household. And doesn't cause motion sickness like the Virtual Boy. 
Yeah, well, the so the so far they haven't been. They've they've been pretty extensive. They, they they fixed the nausea inducing thing the Oculus Rift had by adding a nose. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the um, a lot of the demos and tech demos and and gameplay experiences that we've seen for VR, especially with like the Oculus Rift, have been in very uh, very controlled setup, isolated air situations. Where like they they've specifically set up the room and the situation to reflect what you're experiencing and giving you a lot more room than you necessarily have, say, sitting on your couch in your living room. So it has to not only be you know reasonably priced for your average consumer, uh, as opposed to your tech as opposed to your tech hobbyist, um, it has to be able to work in a person's living room. Or bedroom in some case. Or bedroom, yeah. Or in front of my computer, you know. Um, especially people with small apartments. Yeah, studio apartments. Because there's a lot of gamers in places like New York where you have, if, if you're if you're in your if you're a mid twenties something, and you're a gamer, you probably own a studio apartment that's full of junk. Yeah. Everywhere. So it has to be able to work in confined spaces, and B, there have to be. The, the, sorry, the second part. There has to be supported games and supported peripherals. Um, it can't just be, oh, you can play Team Fortress 2 in VR. It has to be, you can play Team Fortress 2 in VR using an omnidirectional treadmill and a controller that is a gun. Oh, and you can also play Star Wars with a lightsaber controller. You can play uh, Fable with just your hands. You can play D&D on a, on a virtual tabletop and move the pieces with your hands. Roll the dice with your hands virtually. Um, it has to be uh, something where it incorporates more than just VR video. Yeah. Um, for it to, in my opinion, for it to get that high that quickly. I, I um, think... One of the biggest stumbling things that we saw when the Wii was released was the Wii made mass a massive deal about their motion sensing controller. Yeah. And it was cool. To a degree. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to make people stand up and move around for video games. And what ended up happening was people were sitting down and waving their hands. People learned how to play Wii bowling <laughs> while laying down overhanded. Yeah. Or I mean, even not like we played it underhanded while laying on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the part part of the problem is a lot of people play video games as an escape. They play video games when they're tired, when they get back from work. I I'm curious to see how well it takes when it's you're you are going into an activity that's going to require a lot of if it requires a lot of movement. After you have gotten home from your, you know, uh, double shift at McDonald's or back home from, uh, hey, I work 10 hours as a waiter today. Or, hey, I work overnight as a security guard. Yeah, there are a lot of physically intensive jobs. And there's a lot of people also who are not in physically good shape for whatever reason with health conditions who play video games because it is their outlet to um, activity. Mm-hmm. But 
in a, in a different in a different perspective. Um, VR doesn't physic doesn't strictly speaking have to be a highly physical activity. Like it it could very much just be putting your senses into a game that you're still controlling with a controller. Um, but other than that, let's look in the past. This the kind of massive monetary jump they're predicting has happened before, not on this scale. But the games industry has grown from small to massive in a very short time. Mm -hmm. The uh, the NES, <laughs> for example. Like this this is definitely a jump that could happen, especially it, it, when you account for other factors. That jump does not account for things like inflation. Like this is this is this is not this is not a like wild numbers that could never happen in no. like a million years, but. It definitely requires some significant advances, which, admittedly, we're making. Like we're working on all the time. Like I've seen, I've seen the development for um, the the uh, the omnidirectional treadmill for like the Sony Move controllers. Yeah. Um, and I've also seen one of the things that they're working on is the 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 VR gaming spaces, like the actual like massive buildings that yeah. are being built as virtual as virtual constructions. Where they've built generic environments and then they overlay the VR on top of them, so you've got tactile sense to go with your some, VR environment. So something that I'm really interested in, in that's sort of ancillary to VR, but that I think is probably rolled into that whole market share is also the advent of holographic gaming, uh, or or altered or um, um, altered reality gaming, mm -hmm. um, where like using Hololens. Where you can use Hololens to project, you know, sort of the game that you're playing, like D D and D remotely. Like imagine, imagine if they could get the technology working with like Kinect and Hololens, to where you and four other people using Hololens could be sitting around a table from four different <laughs> corners of the globe. Yeah. Like like you using the Hololens to project your friends the table the holographic pieces of the table all around you know like, like and all of you are seeing it maybe in slightly different tables but you're seeing each other around the table also around the globe. Yeah. Imagine like Ho something, something like basically. Yeah, holoscype. Um I think that aspect of VR if they can get it working properly it's probably going to be what really does kick the VR market up uh, up a ton. Well, to to me, one of the one of the things that that the VR market uh, needs to do that I am heavily looking forward to, and I, I love seeing the advances that they made in it, is more than just the visual sense. Like uh, recently, I saw work on uh, a glove that is designed to interface with VR with VR environments that applies pressure to your hand to simulate the feel of holding something yeah, solid. Yeah, haptic feedback gloves. Yeah. Now that, in my opinion, is going to have to wait a while, if only for the reason of financial constraints. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot more physical that has to be done. You have to create a glove that has an ability to create resistance. Um, you have to be able to an omnidirectional treadmill has to be physically big enough for you to stand on. Yeah, the, these are things, but that, small enough to be in a living room. Yeah, uh, it, it, it it could be the size of you know a, a personal trampoline, 
but which um, is actually how big the one that has been that has been shown around by Sony's stuff actually it's is. It's a little smaller than a personal trampoline, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but but the, a little smaller than a personal trampoline is still a fairly large electronic device full of comp- um, sensitive components and the like. It's going to be at least hundreds of dollars for a peripheral. Yeah. Um, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be, I think the 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 way to make that happen, the objective is to get the objects into people's homes. Yes. You can't sell software that you'll make the money back on without the hardware being present. Yes. So I feel like what they're gonna have to do is get the hardware bundled together. So we're gonna see like an Oculus Rift, Omni treadmill, haptic feedback glove bundle. That's going to be well below warehouse cost on each individual item in order for it to be cheap enough or 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 um enticing enough. Yeah. Like we're for people to buy. Like we're we're like we're approaching selling at cost at this point, like maybe like 10% above cost. Like I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking 1000 1200 for a bundle of everything. I'm thinking even less than that for people that want that'll actually want to to get it in everybody's homes, it's gonna have to be around eight hundred dollars. So we had less than a thousand dollars. But that's about, still a thousand by itself is a big investment for for most people. That, yeah, it's still a chunk more than any console. Yeah, and and the, it's the most expensive perfect. console recently was six hundred. Was when the PS4 released. Yeah. Which is why I'm thinking eight hundred would be a would be an ideal marker because you're still you're still selling it below what it costs, below what it's going to cost for all three of those together. Um, it's not that much higher than the console is, and it, in order to actually entice the sales, you're gonna have to have software. Yes, there has to be a ready stable, a ready market of games that are intriguing enough interesting enough and compatible with the software to make you want to play which we're going to have to have star citizens we're going to have to have um star citizen in fall, like, in, fallout in, in, star citizen in like a full vr environment would blow me away yeah like that would be incredible something like that a lot of your open world fallout, your bethesda yeah. games but what you're going to have to do for that is you're going to have to do one of two things you're either going to have to get a big gaming company on board with you you're yeah. gonna have to get Bethesda or well Valve or Valve. Valve is on board with uh, with, the, with with VR technology. VR technology. I think they're working on their own stuff. Um, Valve has the capacity to make things, but the problem is Valve is going to turn their already existing products into it. It's going to be Team Fortress Two. That's yeah. going to be the big one for them, and I don't think Team Fortress Two is viable for selling a concept. And you need something that's not a game that already exists. And you're going to need variety. You can't just be like, all of our games are open-world Bethesda games, or all of our games are FPSs. You're going to have to have a variety of games. Yeah, no. The other thing that they would have to do is, and I, this would be really interesting, is to get some, some really brilliant indie gamers on board. Yeah. To be like... Here is a new system. We don't want you to make games that it already exists. We want you to... That wacky idea that would never work on a console, I want you to make it for virtual reality. Actually, Disney 
would be very helpful. Star Wars. Everybody's dream is to play uh, play with a lightsaber. And it's one of the easiest things to incorporate it's, into a virtual yeah, reality. Yeah, it's so easy to... Pl- it's to, a stick in your hand. Yeah, it's, it's a stick in your hand. Uh, if, if, if Disney could make a Star Wars game, even a crappy arcade game, in VR, that's fun to play and lets you live that sort of I am the Force user aspect, let you twirl the lightsaber around and fuck up and do whatever and not block the blasters correctly. Ding. Yeah, then I think that would also be something that would help to sell. I don't think it would sell by itself, but I think it would help. Yeah, well, and Disney has... Disney's got a couple things. They have a lot of money. Yeah. They can... They, they, can, can, afford to take, they can afford to take the loss they on, can, the, on the hardware. Disney can also... Um, they have made some brilliant games in the past. Yeah. And they have... They have... Disney creative concept designers have a brilliance in how they make new things and make use of new technologies. I'm thinking, like, I think, like, like Disney Infinity is sort of a perfect little seating ground for VR. Because it's got all sorts of different experiences that you can put together from all across the Disney properties. It's backed by the Disney brand. Um... Disney's also Which is got, backed by the Disney money. Disney's also got this interesting ability to work with third parties. Like, they work really well with or Squeenix on all the Kingdom Hearts games. Just buy third parties. Or just buy like, third parties. We have all of Marvel, by the way. We Let's own make Marvel. a Marvel game. You want to be Captain America? They have all of Maker Studios. <clears throat> they own Maker Studios. They own Epic Rap Battles of History. They own everything. They own a lot. Like... Like, even things that don't only work extremely well, like Squeenix and Disney worked incredibly well together to make the Kingdom Hearts games. That was more on uh, Square Enix side, though. I mean, yes, but Disney like did have was... to have their, they did have to have their, like, creative I directors mean, in there to help Disney with the did design. have their, they had to have their, cre- they had to have a creative person on the team, but I feel like it was mostly Square Enix doing the work. Regardless, we've seen in the past, Disney has the ability to do it. Yeah, and, and you see in the past that they're open to doing new concepts to test yeah. to test untested ground. My my biggest concern right now is that there there's a lot of money banking on something for which there is no physical device, and obviously that that's how new technology comes about. But that's also how things flop. My, my opinion is when this gets released, they're going to have to find a price a price that works i don't know what that price is going to be yeah i like they have they have to cut a profit period end of sentence they cannot sell at cost or below cost especially they have to recoup all this research i think it's going to i i i think in order to get the hardware in people's homes they're going to have to sell at cost or lower but then you're going to have to they're going to have to rake the the software prices up so high well like they they cannot sell the hardware at a loss because then they're they'll they'll it'll be basically impossible to recoup the cost after that. Not if the software is good, but they like, have to sell like okay software you, software is already priced higher than cost, but way higher. Here's a question: if you're if you're releasing these games, if 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 this system costs twelve hundred to make physically, what are you going to sell it at? And if you sell it, if you sell it at eight hundred, 
then you have to sell four hundred dollars of software before you've recouped the cost. Okay, that's eight games. Um, but then you also have to to, and that's breaking even. So it's eight copies of one game. But I'm assuming per console. Per yeah, eight eight cop eight games per console. Assuming that the games are selling full are making a fifty dollar profit. Sixty, but yeah. Making a sixty dollar profit, which is a lot of profit. They're gonna have to sell those games at a really high price to make that much profit. Yeah. So we're talking about a hundred dollar games on an eight hundred dollar console, and we have to sell eight of them, and that's breaking even on production costs. That doesn't recoup the costs that we've already spent in research. Like they because, ha- they because have if they've to already sell spent I don't think they're gonna re- I don't think they're ever gonna recoup the cost of research. That they're gonna fold. If, like if, if you, they've if you, already spent seventy billion dollars, I don't think they spent that much. That's what the market. No, no, that's the pro- that's the project. Sorry. That's the that's the projected worth okay, okay, of the yeah. market. But if if they're spending money on this research, they have to recoup it. I don't. I think they. I, I think they've recouped <clears throat> research and press already. If they're going to, how um, do you recoup research and press? I'm, I'm Disney. I'm working on VR. Oh, by the way, I also do this other shit. Come buy it. That's how. Yeah. They've already VR. Like the the research for VR has already paid for itself. The issue is now. The issue now is actually getting it out the door. But the, the often the way that it pays, you get investors. Yeah. And you have to pay back your investors. If you're selling things at cost, then you're losing money to your investors to your shareholders. I mean, that's uh, that's the, the, the question is how much does it cost to build the system or to build like I don't think the individual <clears throat> systems cost necessarily all that much. Uh, it's bundling them together that's going to be the issue. Well, we're talking about Cause, cause it, let's, it, let's, let's 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 bring it back to a different angle. If you were going to buy Omni Omni uh, Omnidirectional treadmill, haptic feedback glove and Oculus Rift how much would you be willing to spend for those three things? Me personally? Yeah. Very little, because I don't have a lot of money. I wouldn't buy them when they came out. I don't buy things when they're released, because I don't have that money. How low would it have to be for <clears throat> you to buy them when they're released? Three, four hundred dollars. He does not so have less than money. So less, <clears throat> less than the price of a new system. Yes. Of a new console. <clears throat> and that would be me considering buying it. And Austin does not have like the money to just straight go out and well, buy. Well, I mean, like, if you did have, if you did have, okay, a uh, reasonable well, if, amount. Assuming of money. that I have my older brother's salary, yeah. Um, if I heard it was coming out and I knew it was going to be a thousand or less, I've if 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 I could see what was going into it. I would probably buy it. I'd probably wait a month after so I can get some reviews on it. Spend about a thousand. See, for me, I would spend. I don't think I'd spend more than six hundred dollars. The price of a uh, release PS4. Yeah, and and that's the problem is there's so much a, a PS4 does not have the largest number of physical components. It's a box with a motherboard. Yeah, it's a nice computer. We're talking about take that. And now add to it something the size of a trampoline that's mechanical that has 
motors and turning devices and a lot of small moving parts that has to be sturdy enough to be stood on by somebody who's 300 pounds and run upon and jumped upon by that individual. And then also we have to incorporate a machine that responds digitally to the to the input from the game to apply haptic feedback to your hands. That's like, that that's cheap. Haptic feedback yep. gloves are the not haptic feedback gloves are not uh, going to be this this controller right here has haptic feedback in it. It rumbles. Yeah, that's does, that's all haptic feedback the, is. The, the, pre- the precision they're they're applying for these gloves it, is it, basically simulating the curvature of an apple in your hand. It does not have to be that precise at release. No. The Wiimote was not that precise of a motion controller when they released it. No. It just has to lock. Here. Oh, my hand's locked. I'm holding something. You don't have to be that precise. <clears throat> the problem we're running into is my big thing is is the the omnidirectional treadmill is going to be really expensive, and I feel like that's going to be a a difficult sell for that amount of money, and it's something that I don't see being bundled into the original thing, just no. because if you can sell <clears throat> the gloves and the facial device <clears throat> for the PS for, for six to eight hundred, that seems like much more reasonable price where you can pull in a profit, and then the omnidirectional treadmill can be an optional thing. At this point, you do have to figure out, though, some movement method. Yeah, there has to be a way to move in the game. Um, something that doesn't take you out of experience. Um, something that does not be like, oh, well, I can't use my left hand because I'm using it as a, as a joystick. Um... Something even as simple as a a board, a balance board like the Wii Fit board, where you can lean kind of segue-like to move around, might be possible. Oh, envisioning people tumbling into their TVs. Like, I, I think a balance board <clears throat> may be the way to cheapen virtual immersion. Mm-hmm. And it's... And honestly, you could do it sitting down, just leaning your feet around or or or, or uh, tapping it to jump, that sort of thing. I mean, strictly speaking, a DDR pad, like the like rollout, <clears throat> uh, like plastic pads with the with the with the nine directional squares. Well, what I'm saying is, this would be basically the joy. That would be the D pad to this thing's joystick. This yeah, would the, be the big issue with the DDR pad is not being able to see it. It's also the issue with being on a balance board. <laughs> Well, the you can't tell where the edge of the balance board is. Well, no, you don't the balance even, board, you, you don't have to move. You never have to lift your feet. You just lean forward, you lean backwards, you lean side, you, you press side to side, um, and maybe you just lift one foot and tap it to jump. Like, it, it has a button, and it has a joystick spectrum of direction. It doesn't, it doesn't have just the static yeah. uh, um, cardinal directions. So And complex directions. And you uh, and you can buy a balance board. I mean, you can buy the the Wii Fit board for seventy bucks or so. Um, you know, you get less than that. Now. Well, it's less than that now. I mean, it's like here instead of controllers, here's a a fifty dollar add on. It's also really cheap to make. Yeah, here's a fifty dollar add on where um, you've got this. The other advantage to that is multiplayer games. If you're in a situation like, say, my family, where I have got three siblings and all four of us want to play a game together, we don't want to buy four omnidirectional treadmills. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But each of us spending... huge. Yeah. But 
each of us gets a balance board for fifty dollars, and we can all sit on a couch, and we don't have to run around a room. And like we this, all this space. There, there's, there's been a, there's been a modern trend in gaming that that I found really awkward. That is the idea that a gamer's only friends are online. Like there's there's a lot of games that don't really support local multiplayer. As local much anymore. multiplayer would have to be a must with this. Mm-hmm. Although it's... although I do like the idea, like like going going back, you know, going back to holographic game, gaming as opposed to full immersion VR. Um, I think that's probably the better way to go because you don't need with 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 the Hololens you don't need all the peripherals. All you need is the lens because mm-hmm. um, it projects everything. Out in front of you, but this is in but, your in your vision. You you don't like it doesn't require gloves or any special peripherals to interact with. I mean, we've already got the Google glasses. That's basically what you're talking. It, not it, really. It, no, the Google glass was the Google glass was more of an augmented like a HUD. Yes, it, it, it gave you sort of a texture. The Hololens actually does give you a a, a three dimensional layering. Three dimensional layering. Yeah, it's it's the next step in that, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> As a gaming periphery, it's not as as a gaming device inclusive. It it does not have the ability to fully put you into that game. Why not? Because it's just adding things to your sight. Yeah, like it, it does not like, it what? does not stimulate any of your senses except for vision, which is fair enough for a regular game. But if we're talking VR immersion, we want to stimulate the rest of the senses. Well, no, I get that, but um, like if if you were to bring the game out. And lay it out like a board game. The video game that you're playing, lay it out like a board game in mm-hmm. front of you, and manipulate it via your, you know, with your hands, without a controller, with nothing but nothing but the the glasses that you're wearing and your hands and the in the table in front of you. I feel like that would sell people on VR. It wouldn't be a total V. Like I said, it's not a, it's not a total VR immersion experience, but it's cheaper. And easier right. to... It's cheaper to make and easier to store. Let, let's talk about a, a... Star Wars seemed to be a great example. Let's talk about a Star Wars experience. Um, with a controller, I can play a game like Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. Where I jump, you jump around, you use force powers, etc., etc. In VR, it'd be great, you know, because you're... Uh, if we're doing the balance board approach... Because I feel like a lot of technology, a, a lot of releases are concessions to practicality. Maybe you go to an arcade and they have an omnidirectional board. Maybe you go to your rich friend's house and they have the omnidirectional treadmill. But most people don't. Most people have the balance board version. But still, I'm leaning forward. I'm swinging my lightsaber in real time. My left hand, you know, uh, using, force powers. Using, using force power with my left hand with different uh, finger controls. Or, you know what? Maybe if I'm left-handed, I'm using the, the thing in my left hand. Because controllers are notoriously... Right-handed. Right-handed. Um, I actually, actually lightsaber with my left hand and force power with my right hand. How are you going to achieve that with the with with the virtual glasses? What are you going to get out of that that you can't get out of a controller and a three-dimensional television? Which they make, but they can't get them down to cost to release. The oh, sorry, um, got distracted by my phone. Repeat the last part of that question. How are you going to make? an experience of a force game different different enough from controller based to make me want to buy it with VR or with HoloLens with HoloLens with VR obviously well HoloLens is cheaper than the 3D television that's the big thing like the yes. 3D, 3D televisions are super expensive because it's a big hunkin it's a big hunkin piece of material that 
has to be angled at just the right at just the right position, and you have to be just the right distance from it and looking at it just the right way for it to work. Which is again one of those single player experiences. Yeah. yeah. Whereas three like, televisions are built for one person to which look. I would like to clarify. This is exactly my problem with the omnidirectional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I guess it's that. the same problem. Well, but, whereas with the Hololens, with the Hololens technology, it is, it's, it's the, as much material as goes into a set of glasses, plus some circuitry, plus plus the circuitry of a cell phone. Yeah, like the circuitry of a cell phone and as much material as it takes to put a pair of glasses on. That's way cheaper, way more cost effective. Way you could, I could you. I could see in the, I could see a future where a Hololens set a Hololens headset costs maybe a hundred bucks. Now, how much? Question then: What about those of us who actually do need glasses? It goes on top. <laughs> um, also, you wouldn't need it because it's the the image is right here in front of your eyes, and you can calibrate it too. Yeah. But the follow up question with that is: um, What can you do with these glasses? You know, how much technology can you really get in there? Are you hooking it up to a computer to play complicated games or hooking it up to a, a device? I would assume it'd be, I, I, again, you know, this goes back to, you know, we're not sure where the technology is right now. But I, my assumption would be that it'd be wirelessly connected to a computer. To a, so, or so to a console. Kind of like a wireless controller. Yeah. So aside from, aside then from the 3D experience, what are we getting from VR out of that? Or is it just a three-dimensional? I mean, it's uh, it mostly it's it's sort of bringing it out into it's sort of spreading it out. Like like I was talking earlier about you know imagine playing imagine playing D and D with your it, friends across the globe. It's great for kind of thing. it's great for what you can do with Google Glasses. It's great for yeah. skyping people. For it's 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 another level of Google Glasses. I don't see it as a gaming console. That that's that's my disconnect. More of a communication, more more yeah. of a, like communication experience. Yeah. I mean, also like imagine. The, the you know the Star Wars 3D chess holograph yeah. chess thing it'd be something things like that That's, would be useful yeah. for it it would be good for tabletop games yes. yeah they, for tabletop games across the fun. distance they're communicative but you don't play video games on them you don't play immersive games on them not not as we know them now but and we're, we're of course we're stretching here now saying you know who knows what we'll come up with later yeah. in the future but um I feel like there's a lot of potential there. And I feel like that's... I don't feel like that's the end goal no. of VR, but I feel like it's a good first step. I don't feel like that's the selling... I don't feel like that's what makes VR a thing, though. I feel like that's what makes know. VR... Here's a thing that you can buy, and it's... I think I think 100 bucks for a HoloLens glasses... They're not going to start at 100 bucks. I'm just... Relative. Relative. By the time they're at $100, I would expect much more virtual reality. Either they've bombed and nobody wants them so they're cheap, or we've made so many advances in the field that they're cheap by comparison to what's new. I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not using 100 I'm using $100 as a relative standpoint. I'm not using $100 as an exact, this is the price. $100 for a HoloLens experience. This is what you can do with this with this technology. Oh, by the way, we are making more, you know, we have a way more advanced version of this that is full immersion VR for the the hundreds of dollars more than that. If you like this, you'll love that. Do me kind a favor. Thing. Look up the release price for Google Glasses. I look for it. I don't know that Google Glass ever actually got a full release.
introductory price explorer version was fifteen hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars consumer edition close to the average smartphone which would be between fifty and a hundred dollars uh smartphones are more than fifty to a hundred dollars if you're buying them straight without a plan average smartphone not expensive smartphone you can get you can get a, yeah. a, an average smartphone for around a hundred dollars yeah at least but, that's their planned price. But this, the, we're talking about the release date was $1,500. That was the Explorer version. Yeah. That was for those who were wanting to test the technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it took how long to get to consumer price? Uh, well, it, it never did because uh, January 2015, uh, Google announced it would stop producing Google Glass. Yeah, so two years of... Explorer, of and, Explorer then they and we never even got a consumer version. No. Two years of fifteen hundred dollars Google glasses. Yeah, it never it never it never made it, it it never caught traction enough to make it to a consumer version. And that's my exact concern with the HoloLens. Yeah. Is it would have to have a really high initial price and would it catch Well the other thing is, we have the prior data from Google Glass. We have the ability to build off of that, which significantly cuts research oh, costs. It does. Developing the HoloLens is a much more realistic short-term goal. And I don't, I don't disagree that it could be done, it could be sold, it could be put in a market. But I don't see it as being the gateway to VR. I think it'll build traction for VR. It will not potentially sell VR to the world. But I feel like if people see this thing for tabletop gaming with friends and for communication uh, made easy, then they can be like, this is interesting. I feel like if we made more advances in technology, we could make better stuff. It's like when we first made... um, there was a piece of technology that I was thinking of, and I can't remember right now, but the first thing everyone thought was, this can be turned into a gaming implement. And I think it was... Um, uh, brain is not working right now. Don't know where you're going for. Um, but basically, it was an idea of... They, they, re- they released an advanced technology for, like... Uh, work pursuits. It, mm-hmm. it, it was it was it was ma- it was making um, phys- physical work and ac- activity easier via. In fact, I think it was motion controls actually, uh, motion controls for technology to make it function easier. Uh, and people were like, "This is excellent on industry level." And then, as we advance technology and the industry work gets easier, we can transfer it to a gaming environment, like a joystick kind of thing, basically. Is that what we're talking about? Like, here's a really cool control thing that we've used for industry purposes. And then turn it into a gaming, and then turn it yeah. into gaming. But the reason that that got all the funding was because of its industrial use. Um, and so by the time it was released to consumer, it had already existed and been used and been studied. Mm. I just, I feel like, there, I, I feel like there's a, a lot of unknowns a, right now. It, it, it's true, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely playing devil's advocate. You know, and I, and I feel like there's a lot of information that we don't have, but I feel like as a stepping stone, uh, alter, you know, uh, augmented reality 
is a very good place to start when it, raising. It's, it's when, definitely when, going when to raising, it's definitely going to be a stepping stone from normal augmented reality to virtual reality. Yeah. Because augmented reality is so much easier to do. You're just building on something that's already there. What I'm saying is 2020, I don't see us being a massive... A lot can happen in five years. Oh, no, a lot I can. Mean, I, 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 I feel like it's possible. I feel like maybe we don't know exactly how yet. Yeah. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of points of data we don't have. But basically, th- someone's going to have to make a... We're, for that to be true, someone has to make a breakthrough. A There has to be a ridiculously cheap... VR there, there, there has to be something big that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Something big has to happen in the next five years for it to reach that point. Because right now, there isn't even a commercially available VR set yet. No, the Oculus Rift has not hit commercial, has not hit commercial uh, store yet. Yeah, like there are, there are tester and reviewer models and such, but there is no actual yeah. uh, consumer availability for any VR as of yet, as far as I can tell. Um, and so for it to go from absolutely zero availability to f- to $70 billion as an industry f- in four years effectively, because 2015 is over now, we're in December, um, would require quite a lot of motion forward. Um, they have to, they'd have to hit the ground running, basically. Yeah. Well, and if they, if they do find a way to make it accessible, I have no doubt they will hit that <laughs> real quick. Like once it once it becomes easily accessible, that's like, that's the that that's the wall they have to break through. Well, once you once you can release a virtual reality system for three digits, has to be like if it's nine ninety nine even. But once it's three digits, that's your barrier. As long as it is even basically functional, and I feel like the basically functional is a a a a better version of a ta- of, of a of a power glove. A balance board and the Oculus device. Like basically, the the barrier they have to hit is accessibility. They have to yeah. once once they break through that. Well, wall, there's two barriers: accessibility, and then getting software that shows it off. Because there's a lot of. If it was here now, you can do all the things that you could normally do, just slightly more immersion. That's not going to sell it. It's here's an entirely new experience. Yeah, but like that makes use of. But once once they once they've hit the point where people can get them easily, people will get them. Yes, like it, it is something that people at every sci-fi, everyone who's even been remotely interested in science fiction, has been interested in since forever. It's really funny, you know, back in the nineties, because that's when VR was was really popular in pop culture and you know all the games and all the all the, the TV series talking about oh this VR stuff where are our flying version. cars where are our flying cars they, they, they told me there would be flying cars they are technologically possible but impractical <laughs> because we can achieve a a f- effect that works just fine for much cheaper in fact that's one of the things i would say that's going to be a problem with VR is we can achieve a similar effect for a lot cheaper. That's why we don't have flying cars. That's why we don't have hoverboards on a readily available market. Because they exist. Yeah. Yeah. They work on magnetic propulsion. It's actually really interesting. Yep. But I don't... So that was a really long... 
<laughs> really long, really good discussion though on on the, the, the aspects of VR. I didn't think that topic would last us that long. I think. Um, in other news, Xbox Xbox boss Phil Spencer has confirmed that Microsoft is already looking ahead to the next generation of consoles. Really, they have yep. to be. I mean, it's, yes, they do. I mean, how, how long is a con- is a generation of, of consoles? Uh, well, it's gotten a lot shorter. It's gotten a lot shorter. Yeah, um, this console is only two years old. The Xbox 360 had a 10-year lifespan. The one well, before that had a four-year lifespan. The Xbox One was released in 01. Four Xbox years later was the, the original Xbox. The original Xbox, yeah. Was released in 01. And then the four Xbox 360 was released in 05. And then eight years later in 13. Yeah. yeah. So the last generation... But the Xbox the 360, 360 is still, still going. Being, yeah, it's still, it's still living. It's still, it's still living, but... Meanwhile, the PlayStation has had even longer life cycles. Like, the PS2 is still being used today. Not there aren't any games being released for it, but it's still being played. The PS3 is that's still being mostly, That's mostly because it. of a lack of backwards compatibility, though. It, it is, but it's still a long... Like, the, three still, si- like the reason... The reason how the, many people are playing the Xbox, the, the original Xbox? The reason the original Xbox died immediately was because 360 had a large backwards compatibility store of Did Xbox it? games. It still does. I can play Kingdom Under Fire on my 360, and that's all yeah, I wanted out of it. It's fine. Well, yeah, like... Playstations are still being like PS2s are still being played. I have a PS2. I don't have a PS2, but I can still play it on my PS3. Um, PS3s are still being used. PS, you know, and and PS3. When did PS3 come out? Yeah, let's look up the generations for for the three major companies. Though Nintendo's kind of gone off on their own. Nintendo's like I don't follow this. Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo had like so the PlayStation Three released in two thousand six, year after. Uh, Xbox 360. Yeah. Um, the PlayStation 4 also released a year after the Xbox One. Um, the original PlayStation 2 released in... 2000. 2000. A so year what, what we had was the, the PS3 and the Xbox 360 had a, a really long lifespan. But if we're going back to that first gap, between, uh, just for giggles, look up the Nintendo life cycle. The GameCube. 2001, the GameCube was same as 2001, which... And then the Wii. The Wii came out around before the Xbox. The Xbox 360. Um, 2006. No, came out after, after, the, after the 360. The 360. Yeah. yeah, the 360 hit the markets real quick. Yeah, I, so, thought, I thought the Wii came out first. No. Nintendo looks like it has pretty much the same cycle now. Uh, it had a much shorter cycle previously with the Super Nintendo, with the Nintendo Super Nintendo in 64. Mm. Uh, then it slowed down a little bit after that. Um, but yeah, so life cycles used to be pretty long. Now they're getting now they're getting pretty short. I, I, um, I feel like the life cycle. I still feel like two years is a bit quick. Well, they're working on it. It's not going to be out for several years. I also feel like they. I, I I think I also think part of the reason that they've done this is because the Xbox One dramatically failed its launch. Um, it's still not very. It's still not doing very well. Like I had an Xbox One, I sold it. I only had one game for it. Like the Xbox One does not have the library of games that draws people that the PS4 does, or that the 360 did. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really hurt by the fact that there are so few uh, exclusives. Like most of the games that I want well, to like play, exclu- I could get on my PS4 or, or your on PC. PC. The, the thing is, the exclusives are coming now. But the one has already lost all its momentum. Yeah, it's too late. 
like Halo 5 Guardians came out recently, and I really want to play that, but I don't want to play it enough that I want to get an Xbox One. <laughs> exactly, and like there was no, Fable still hasn't come out yet, which is actually the next thing. There's no sign of Fable Legends. Which I honestly wasn't all interested in the first place. Yeah, but Fable is has been a system seller. The original Fable was a system seller. It was, Xbox. but Fable Legends doesn't feel like a Fable game. It doesn't. It, but fe- it feels like a holdover. Yeah, no, but it's something. And no, it was supposed to be released in the fall lineup on the Xbox One. Not a thing. Not a thing. Well, um, and um, another console that came out fairly recently was the Steam Machine. The Steam. Uh, well, the, the, it's not which really is a, which is debatably a console, but it, it it's it's along the lines of the Alienware a, stuff, where it's a computer that can look that can play like. What, a what I feel like it's doing is it is it's emphasizing PC gaming coming back. Well, as the a, Steam as Link, a big player. The, the Steam Link is so Steam consoles, Steam machines are not out yet. No, they are. They dropped November. Oh, did they? Yeah, they, yeah. they dropped a couple weeks ago. I thought they were still in production, like the they, because they, they st- you no. can get them in stores now. Oh, cool. They, you, um, they're you can go to GameStop. GameStop. You can go to GameStop and get one. Oh, I'll go check it out. Um, I know the Steam Link has dropped though. They, they dropped the same and, week. And Steam Link was Steam Link. I think is probably going to do better than steam machines because it's just a it's a it's a linking your steam well library to your tv at first it may but i feel like people who are investing in a new computer might think why don't i, I just get one that actually no i no, i do remember this there's there's actually a story about the steam os the steam os does not play steam games very well <laughs> really <laughs> yeah that, that that's now I remember that's why I didn't think of Steam Machine because the story was actually on the Steam. OS. Is it kind of like Linux, where Steam is like, we love Linux, we want everything to work on Linux. And that's exactly what they we did. We have a tiny Linux. They made library. they made the Steam OS based on Linux. That was a mistake. <laughs> um, as a fervent Linux runner, by the way, I need you to help me learn Linux. Making a game machine based on Linux is a bad idea. Yeah. Um... Though though a lot of gamers are more Linux conscious these days, um, Linux as a gaming machine, by the way, could be a whole discussion in and of itself. Oh yeah, but man, so uh, yeah, that was that was another story that, that dropped a couple weeks back, um, and I guess that was probably the week that everything launched. Was that the Steam OS does not play games on Steam? But you could, but the idea behind the Steam machine having a a computer that hooks up to your TV eliminates a useless piece of hardware problem is my computer does hook up to my tv exactly i'm not i'm not saying like the steam machine is it it hasn't seen its final form (laughs) i say like my computer does hook up to my can hook in fact i've got a chromecast in my computer over there right now i can stream anything i want from the the, the premise here is that the premise here is that the steam machines are an easy portable easy to access Portable, plug it into a TV. It's the size of it's, a box. Yeah. It's a plug and play computer. It's, it's, it's a plug yeah. and play computer. And I feel like a plug and play computer with easy console access, the Steam controller, uh, which is. I haven't used yet. It's I would really like to fascinating it. to look at because it has a mouse pad on it. Effectively, yeah. Which is basically, oh, you don't need a mouse because operating an OS with a controller, awkward. Operating an OS with a trackpad like on a laptop, not awkward. People have gotten used to it. Yeah, uh, um, I, I would like. I would like to play around with the Steam I, controller. I feel like an update to the Steam machine. Maybe it's like a Windows machine that conveniently can play Steam games properly because games are made for Windows by big companies. Would you want to know who's making those? Alienware. <laughs> like the Alienware. Ha- Alienware has a line of machines that are 
little square things. Alienware is also notoriously expensive. Not that bad. This computer is $2,000. $2,000 is expensive. Not in realms of high-end computers, it's not. Like, that thing runs Titans. That has two... That Plural. Has, that has two Titan... Has two Titan... Uh, uh, no, it doesn't. There's it two equivalent Titan-equivalent uh, video much cards a, How much it. is a PS4? Uh, $600. How much was that computer? $2,000. Okay. It's got two... It's got two Titan-equivalent video cards. It's got liquid cooling inside... Liquid cooling internals. It's got computer-controlled heat sinks and, I, I and get that. fans. It's It's... When when you compare the price of building a gaming rig, it's not that expensive. But also, no, but also, but, like the thing is, the, the new things that they're building, they're little square console size things that are basically. And this does more than those do. No, this, this is this is a. Will you let me finish my thought. Sorry, I'm, I'm um, this is it, it's uh, like console size computer runs functions as a console or as a computer. They're relatively cheap. They're in the four hundred five hundred dollar range. And they're basically a com- like a moderate, like to decent gaming computer that you can plug into a TV. Yeah, which and and that still functions as a computer if you want to plug it into that, a monitor. That's the relevant point. Is yeah. the it hits the console price range? It's not two thousand dollars for a high end gaming computer. It's five hundred dollars for a computer that'll run my games fine. It doesn't run them in the highest graphical mode, and that's. Fine, because well, I don't want to drop two thousand dollars. That'll theoretically run your games fine. Currently, don't really. <laughs> Actually, no. The new the the Alienware the new Alienware ones have. No, I was talking about the Steam. Oh, OS. Steam Steam OS. Oh, yes. Steam OS. Oh, yeah. No, Steam OS. not on the Steam OS. But but the Alienware ones currently have graphical. They run Windows eight, and they have graphical compatibility like almost on par with my computer. Nice. Which is like a I, I like put custom like high end video cards into it. So yeah. I, I feel like this evolution could be computers step part one invading on the console space, which is the large living room TV is what has made consoles. What we're saying is we're turning PC gamers into console gamers. What we're saying one is step we're into turning are, console gamers into PC gamers. What we're saying is we're blurring the line between <laughs> what are you even? You know what are you even and, and you look at a PS4 you know, the, the PS4 isn't just a gaming system. It also has a web browser. It has a web browser, and it has a DVD player, and you can do some of your rudimentary... You, you probably you can check your email on your PS4 yeah, if you, you really want to. I don't know how that... I don't know how the Alienware computers open. What do you mean? Like, I can't see a disk drive on the, on those machines. Like, oh, look. it's like mine. It, there's a... It, it's got a... It looks like that, and then you just press a little hatch, and it drops it. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's hidden. Another question, though, is at what point will this separation matter? Um, will it not matter anymore? Because do we even need computers? If you have a console and you have a smartphone, what can you not do? Uh, video editing. How many people do video editing on a daily basis? Congratulations. <laughs> I do audio editing. What to say? Every um, week. Us. Computers, <laughs> computers have a distinct function for specific applications. If you're a... But how often will you need that at home if you don't have something like this where you are video editing? I will almost guarantee you the way that, that Steam is, they'll insert some sort of streaming uh, streaming capability into the Steam OS. Oh, it probably already exists. It probably already exists. Minecraft has streaming built into 
it's games. So you can just stream it if you're playing on a, an Xbox, Minecraft, or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's the Xbox has streaming built in. So there's the PS4. Yeah. yeah. So um, although the the one problem that I have with PS4 streaming is it does not have the degree of control that you can get on. Chrome. Yeah. There's the, yeah. Bi- the big the big the big issue is power and customiz- customization. Because while you can while you can stream from consoles, you can't say build, design and build an overlay and slap it in there, record it, and then edit it down later for a but smaller fee. Again, we're talking about casual gamers or, or even I mean, hardcore yeah. gamers who aren't heavy streamers. Yeah, we're, I'm talking about most people don't need a computer anymore because they have a smartphone and they have a console. The I mean, computer true. is now irrelevant, um, and so the computer has to find a new place. For most people. Well, the problem being there that PC gaming has never died. No, it hasn't. PC gaming will never die. No. Because there are there is a, there is a thing to be said for mouse and keyboard, and even even with the Steam controller, even with its mouse pad on it, it cannot provide the degree of precision that a mouse no, can. I am not saying that it is going to replace. I simply think it's going to blur the line and it's going to make it. Like eventually it won't matter, because you'll because we'll all be playing, ba- basically at, at some point no matter what you're playing everything will have similar capabilities. Consoles will get more computer capabilities, computers will get more console capabilities. Yeah. I'm just saying that we what we might be losing in the future is this idea that your computer and your TV are separate. Yes, I've already lost that I mean, idea. That, I, pl- I plugged that, my TV. Into that my idea, that is idea is is already gone because out on the floor because Mm -hmm. with 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 because of netflix because of hulu because of because of hdmi cables because of hdmi cables that idea is already gone you're you're very you know it it, most for most people your tv your computer is your tv now but Um, i'm just saying going the step further because a lot of people have here's my computer with my monitor and over here here's the tv it's linked to why even have the computer monitor for separation of space because you don't want to put your couch in front of your computer it's it's also it's also for the case of if i'm sitting if i'm sitting at my desk where all of my stuff is or my keyboard and mouse mm-hmm. is i don't want to have to crane my neck back to see the big, the big tv on the wall whereas if i'm sitting over in front of where i'm sitting in my recliner watching my tv i don't want to have a keyboard in my lap like here, that's the big. Difference. Like here, you're looking straight forward at the monitor. If there was yeah. a big TV on the wall, you have to lean back and look at the TV. No, it, it's it's a spatial issue with that. Why? Uh, why even have monitors? Why not have holographic displays? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Tie it back in. Plug your Hololens into your computer. Forego monitors entirely. Have your Hololens display all the information in front of you. Why have one monitor or two monitors when you could have infinity monitors? Actually, that's still one monitor. It's just in front of your eye, so there's no room for anything else. <laughs> it's infinity monitors. You can have as many monitors as you want. Just look through the Hololens. That's actually problematic. Because multitasking becomes impossible with the Hololens. Because you lose one to look at the other. No, it doesn't. Because like, it's like oh, when you when when you're in a game when you're in a first person game and you turn around, everything behind you doesn't suddenly stop rendering. No, but like, well, alt tabbing becomes very difficult. Have Have you seen that? Well, the way the Google Glass does it is you have like a little sidebar of things, and it's like I've got this 
you know, I'm looking for there. There's the recipe in the corner, and here's the, I'm skyping my grandma in the other corner, asking her about the recipe. It's like a HUD in video games. Yeah, you don't get distracted by your mini map, do you? It's still really awkward because, like, it, like on my computer right now, running Critical Role on my large TV monitor, and then doing audio editing for the podcast on my main monitor, like multitasking all these different tasks at once and looking at them simultaneously with a large amount of visual space. Not easy. Well, but, I mean, you, you develop the hub ha- to condense it. Yeah, and with the, with with something like Hollands, you'll have, like, you're, you're looking at it, you're looking at it wrong. It's not that all of your information is here on your face. My, my monitor is that wall, and this wall, and that wall, and that window, and that except, corner. Except- that is all my monitors, and it can be as small and minute a detail as I want, or as large and as blown up as I want. I can have Critical Role playing off my periphery because, again, when you turn your head, it doesn't stop rendering. I can be doing this over here, da 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 and then turn look over there, and I can still see both, and I can still continue to multitask. Or I can put Critical Role in that mini-map slot. Yeah, or corner. you can have it in the mini-map slot up here in the upper left-hand corner while you're watching everything else. So it's just always there. Because that's what Google Glasses already does. Yeah, it's always there no matter what you're looking at. And so I'm rendering monitors here, here, and there, and just in this little corner of my eye where I yep. would have a mini-map like or something. That, is that's what, that's what Google play. Glasses were made for, yeah. was, hey, um, I want the instruction manual in the corner so that I can refer to it as I'm building this, or I want to be Skyping this person while I'm walking, and so they're just up in the corner, and I can see them, and they don't get in the way. I feel I like- look for- I look forward to this uh, Tony Stark Iron Man future. <laughs> I, I also look forward to this idea of wearable technology as it advances. I, I would love Google Glasses. I think they'd be great if they were if they were if they still were, available and existed. If they were a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, like, there was something that Austin was showing me that, like, struck me as the most amazing Im- implementation of, of wearable technology was it's a wizard robe. Oh, yeah. Lined with lights and with, with speak with sound effects in it and that... that Cast spells and as, had you, motion, as you perform motion hand controls motions. on the wrists. Yeah. Oh no! The the I think the the most fantastic aspect of wearable technology that I've seen that I love is is called a circuit bracelet. And it's a little bracelet that you wear on your wrist, and it's got video projectors that project your cell phone's touchscreen onto your arm, and the 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 actual projection reacts, actually connects to your screen and reacts as you use it. So you can have your cell phone in your pocket or wherever, flick your wrist. Dial the phone, talk to it up here, or do whatever. It all. Oh, I've seen the those. Yeah. I want you to. I want people to actually make that. It actually works because. because <laughs> and to clarify, we're making the handphone symbol, the, with hand the pinky, symbol. and the thumb, and it yeah, works because because the microphone and the speaker are in the yeah. circuit. And, and pulling your three fingers back to make the handphone sign activates the the phone. Activates the call. That's that's hilarious. I yeah. love that so much. Yeah, it's it's that that I think is one of the well, most, one of the coolest aspects of wearable and technology. One technology they're working on that I find really interesting is um, keyboard gloves, where yeah. it's basically a, a set of fingerless gloves that track your finger movements, and you can just type anywhere. Yeah, because so many people don't need to reference the letters or anything anymore. They just type. Touch typing is really common. Yeah. The problem with that is everybody touch types differently. Well, you have to calibrate it. Um, it, it, it's taking a little work, but once that's done, it's like I don't. I can full size keyboard. Another one they're doing is projection keyboards. Yeah, those I, can, I love. I want one of those. Um, I can actually like mentally not even like trace the hand movements that I do for my for my for my default password. Just yeah, yeah. But like, and uh, pr- I think projection keyboards are really cool. Where it's like 
I've got a phone, and I hate the little phone keyboard on a table, and I can type. Yeah, no, I, I, I want one of those. So there, there's a lot of ways that current technologies will be quote-unquote outdated. I don't think they'll ever go away. I feel, I feel like there's a stepping stone progression of advancing technology yeah. of, we got as, as it is now, monitor <laughs> video, holographic projection, augmented reality, virtual reality, as it, as it steps up to degrees of complexity. How far until we have a holodeck in which I can hang out with with uh, fictional versions of really cool people? I feel like I feel like that's the the full omnidirectional treadmill, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like that's what arcades will become. It's just holodecks. Well, hey, I'd pay money. Well, because that's what they started as was nobody has the money to have a laser tracking gun. Well, and here's a laser tracking gun. That's what that technology is now twenty years old and it's still in arcades. That, 20, that's that's what the new old, AR the AR facilities are being made as like basically laser tag buildings for AR, where it's they've got all these generic setups of you know pillars and walls made of yeah. just like generic gray stone and then you put on the goggles and they overlay the virtual reality you're looking into over top of these facilities so this giant square gray pillar is now a tree these walls are now hedge mazes it's like it just overlays the reality on top of the facility and i feel like that could be a new form of arcade once that technology becomes easily i i feel produced. like i feel like the omnidirectional treadmill and the the glo- the, the full tactile gloves the expensive ones in a pod will be the next step in arcades. It's like you step into the machine, you, you get the full experience. Um, and, and that, and then we have Ava 001. Because uh, arcades <laughs> have the unique ability to be able to drop $3,000 on a machine. That's true. That everybody will, will gladly then, pay. Will then recoup the costs for. It's like, hey, we've got an omnidirectional treadmill and a full immersive virtual reality. Uh, sir, we can't take their money fast enough. <laughs> You know, so I think I think the title for this episode is going to be uh, VR and Future Tech because that's pretty much what we talked about the whole time. Future technology. I mean, Future Tech's awesome. Dude, future Tech is pretty awesome. Like, I, I I super am in love with all the the potential for Hololens because mm-hmm. um, I'm really loving using Roll Twenty for uh, you know using Roll Twenty as a, and, and Google Hangouts as a method of doing D and D. Yeah long distances with people in Australia and people in England. But it's um, awkward. It, you know, it, it can be. I love the idea of being able to sit down at my table with my Dyson book and my paper and turn it on and suddenly have, you know, the people that I'm talking to being there in front of me. You know what the terrifying implication of this is, though? What? Because of Never the way having it, to leave because, her house. Because, because of the way this technology looks, we're going to bring back the fashion of Back to the Future, and that terrifies me. Well, I mean, it'll get better as you go. <laughs> like it's going to be an aesthetic nightmare. It'll for the get first few it'll years. get smaller and more compact. Don't worry, Apple will get a Apple will get a hold on it, and they'll make it cool. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look bad. like looking at the Hololens right now. We got it. We got it pulled up. That looks like something out of Star Trek or it, Back it, to the Future. It, it, it looks like it looks like something from the '90s because, <laughs> believe it or not, the '90s understood how you have to make something that goes over your eyes. Yep. Um, we can sign up for the demo. <laughs> I don't think they'd give it to us. What do you want it for? Fuck around and play D and D. Hey, maybe be like, hey, so we wanted to test its ability to enhance communication in social grouping uh, for gaming purposes. And like D and D. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, this, like, this I love. I love that concept. Yes, show the microphone the image on your computer screen, uh, sir. Well, uh, you, you know what I mean. I, I do like I do like the idea of Minecraft oh, being yeah, stretched yeah. across your living yeah, room. Yeah, like that that's another cool idea that they've that they've shown off with, with Hollands is the idea that that's what I mean by, you know, taking that, that sort of game reality and bringing it out of Minecraft you can build Minecraft with your hands. Rather, you know what I mean? That's a very different experience from actually playing Minecraft. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Very... This takes it even more into the Lego uh, aspect of Minecraft. Like you you, you you lose that first person perspective. Yeah. And then you go from go to a top-down godlike perspective. But here, that is the thing I'm talking about. Is this is this is where the application shines? You got a practical application. You got someone on a video phone telling you how to do something. Yeah, and Giving they can see you on their tablet because they don't have the fancy new technology. Giving you specific instructions on how to fix a pipe. Um, a, a lot of what it is is a more professional setting. You know, developing three-dimensional rendering and that sort of thing. But again, this is this is how a lot of technology started. It started in the professional setting, and then moved into the casual and gaming setting, as it as it as it grew in traction, as it became more easily used. Yes. Hmm. Like you do have demos in Atlanta, but they're already over. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So so it's been. I I, I feel like this has been a very productive conversation. Whether or not anybody actually anybody actually likes listening to it. Um. I've enjoyed it, and I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying this new format of our podcast, where we actually pull up news articles and let that spark the conversation, rather than spending half an hour going, oh crap, what are we going to talk about, what are we going to talk about, what are we talking about, what are we going to talk about? Um, and then we talk about VR for an hour. I mean, hey. <laughs> and then we try to stop talking about it, and we end up talking about it again. We end up talking about it more. I mean, it, it's Basically, natural. hollow lens, please. Hollow lens, please. Hollow tech. Wait, 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 wait. HoloLens plus Kingdom Death Monster. The monsters move for real. <laughs> you realize that we just thought HoloLens plus card game. HoloLens plus Magic the Gathering. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but like the level of interactivity. It's time to duel. Screw the duel disc. I've got a pair of glasses. But imagine how awesome and interactive that would be is if you're playing D&D &D and, and, and you the make the monsters move. real. Yeah. That one oh, I, I, I have think... one I have one problem with that. It eliminates imagination because no. you have to get because you have to get this pre-coded pre-designed yeah. monster skeleton. I mean, yeah, but yeah, but and here's another fun one that I don't think has even been considered with the hollow lenses, you could do like life-size wizard chess. Yes. Whereas, yeah. like, I, you that's know, what I, that's what I, really I go out games like chess and checkers. I go out on my back porch, and I have these giant pieces that I get to be like, Queen, move here. Now, this does open my mind to an idea that's running in my head right now, and it's glorious, of taking strategy games and bringing them from the top-down perspective to the general on the battlefield. Strategy games. Or even games. doing things like um, playing games of Warhammer without having to buy the expensive figurines. Yeah. Buy the digital ones. And you, they're already painted. <laughs> you can paint them however you want to. Be like, poke this. I want this part to be blue. I want this part to be red. And then copy paste. And, I feel and like you just take a spray just take just like take a spray brush. I feel like hollow lenses and strategy games are actually the way to go in, in hollow lens gaming. Like I'm 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 just imagining someone standing like 
in an open field, and they look to the left and right, and you can see the virtual army standing in front of you, full size, you know, just people, and you shout orders to them, and they begin charging across the battlefield. The only problem here is you need a field. Yeah. Well, I have a field, so easy to come You don't even need a field, you just need an open bit of floor and just minimize it all. Yeah, like, like the more space you have, the bigger you can take it out. Yeah. But the less space you have, the more you can minimize it. Yeah. So what we're saying is the first and third person perspective that we're gaming in does not work well for the for the lens. Ironically, where you'd think it would work great, it's the it's where it's where you take the top it's where you take the god perspective and change it and shift it around. Yep. The top down is where the is where so the tall lens. So we're excited for future tech, and I really I really do hope that 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 uh, uh, that uh, um, statistic comes true. Seventy billion dollars. Like if the virtual v- reality, if the VR in industry, years. if the VR industry is worth seventy billion dollars in four years, if the Hololens I'll be very takes off, I'll be very excited. Yeah. So thank you all very much for joining us today as we talked about future tech and uh, and Hololens and VR and what Holo we're lens. you know what, what what sort of what sort of you know we're afraid of, what we're excited for, what we're looking forward to, what our reservations are. Uh, and if you'd like to join in on the conversation, please feel free to send us an email at financialfilms at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on VR and the aspects of future tech that you're excited about. And or anything th- that we got straight wrong. I mean, yeah, if you want to send us corrections, <laughs> feel free to do that too. We may or may not acknowledge them. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so thank you all very much for listening. Uh, this has been The Shenanicast. I am Sinsaku. That is Austin. And I am Shadow This is Shadow Chorus. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, if you want to find out more about what we do, you can find out, you can go to our website at financialfilms.com. You can see our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sinsaku. Uh, I'm on Twitter at John A. Bates. Shadow Chorus is on Twitter at Shadow underscore Chorus. Units is on Twitter at Units, U-K-N-I-T-S. Um, and you can, I think that's, oh yeah, you can also check out our other podcasts at Sinsaku.podbean.com, which is hopefully where you're listening to this one. <laughs> Uh, we released multiple podcasts in addition to two actual plays, one of which is going up today along with this, and one of which goes up over the weekends. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you guys later. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye! Bye.